Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Success Life and Fun Friend Friday. I am so glad to see everybody jumping in and joining me. We are going to get started early, and we're going to get started quick. So take a minute, log in, say hello, and say hello to everybody in the room. I am excited for what's about to happen. It is Fun Friend Friday. So jump on in the room, and let's get started. I'm going to, yep, there we go. Good morning, Nor. Uh, good to see you. Yes, Steve, it is Fun Friend Friday, and I found one more Fun Friend Friday frock or fiesta wear. I think this Fun Friend Friday frock is, I don't know, it kind of looks like orange daisies or something. Very, um, I don't know, very 70s Fun Friend Friday. Good morning, Charles. Good to have you, a former Fun Friend. Good morning, Julia. Good to see you as well. Thank you guys, everybody, for all of your encouragement and f support um, on my birthday. As you know, I did a Wounded Warrior Project fundraiser through Facebook. That's gonna stay up for a couple more days because <clears throat> I had a couple people say they really wanna contribute, wanna be a part of it, just didn't have a chance to connect or get involved or whatever. So um, don't worry, all is good. Keep it up through the weekend. Good morning, Miss Sonia. I need to talk to you. Last night I was at a dinner and Tin can moments, I had to sort of table talk it and see what people thought. And I think I have the direction, but we'll talk about that. Good morning, Miss Margaret. I hope you are well up there in the mountains. Good morning, Joe. Glad you could join us as well. <sighs> Fitness extraordinaire there in Miss Joe. Um, she just inspires me when I see her like running marathons and things. Good morning, Juan. So everybody, we have a fun friend Friday guest. We will be starting in just a minute. In the meantime, what I'd love you to do is take a moment, share this out, and I'm just gonna double check my share here as well. Let me just go over here and see, there we go. And I'm just gonna go ahead and share it out now. Um, and then I'm gonna encourage you to do the same so that you and your friends can take part in Fun Friend Friday. All right, I think we're working and moving and everything else is good. So hey, Todd, hope you are well. Hope things are good. Um, I am just double checking to see if Daniel, Daniel, did you make it on? There you are, I see Daniel. Daniel is our Fun Friend Friday guest. And I wanna dive straight into Fun Friend Friday. Good morning, buon dia. See, didn't have to practice, it's written over there on the cue cards. Um, good morning, Craig. Um, wanna dive right in, there's so much with Daniel that I wanna talk about and give a brief introduction. But again, remember, the Wounded Warrior Project. Oh my gosh, Fun Friend Friday Wounded Warrior Project where? Um, is still on Facebook. I'd love to hit that goal. Um, as I told you yesterday, it's a very personal thing for me. And so anything you can do to help just makes the birthday brighter. The kids did the cake, you know, and just everybody's like, you know, I always, what you get? Books. I got books. And my son said, well, we knew you would use them. So, and I, I will. I was quite happy that he didn't try and do something non-practical. That's not my kind of gifting. Um, so anyhow, Fun Friend Friday in Fiesta where we'll begin in just a minute. I'm going to invite our guest, uh, Daniel Gomez, who is the author of You Were Born to Fly. Um, got my copy yesterday, read it. Um, we'll talk into that. And so I hope Daniel will um, allow us to sort of do a little bit of a book report as we go through. But Daniel is also a John Maxwell uh, team member, but he's also a motivational speaker. He's a coach. He's a sales trainer. And what I really liked about watching and seeing Daniel along the sides was that he 
really does train on sales. And so I'm hoping we're going to get to dig in and talk a little bit about that because, you know, all of us that are entrepreneurs, solepreneurs, even mompreneurs are in the business of sales every single day. We have got to figure a way of getting our ideas from here to the other side and then getting them adopted and accepted. And so, hey, that is a big part of what we do every single day. And if we've got somebody that's specialized and succeeded at it, we gotta take advantage of it. And so I'm gonna ask Daniel, if you would, one more time to say hello, say good morning so that I can find him on the feed and invite him in. Um, it, it gets so crowded up there on the top of Facebook that it's sometimes hard to see. So if you would, Daniel, do me a favor and just uh, do a hello, do a hi, or ask to be invited into the room and I'll accept. For those of you who are thinking about Facebook or doing a Facebook Live or asking how you do it, so I always send out instructions. If you want a copy, feel free to ask me to send them over to you. But um, don't do a heart, Daniel. Do an actual word thing because it's hard for me to see. I got, These are like... 12 focals, not bifocals or trifocals. Always ask your guests to have their phone this way. There we go. So now I can head over here. Oops, come on. Now you can see me fumble finger. Oh, come on, there he is. Um, so I am actually scrolling through the screen right now because for some reason I'm not, there's Daniel. Daniel, you must not be on Facebook Live the same way I am. Um, so I'm going to have you take a moment and um, make sure that you are on a phone. An iPhone is always best, but don't go out and buy one this morning. And then what, uh, have your phone in this mode as opposed to this mode, because when you're this way and I'm this way, Facebook doesn't like us and it fights back and tells us all kinds of crazy things. So make sure you're in this mode and then just log back in and log back out. Because I know um, I see you, but for some reason it's not allowing me to invite you which typically means that you're either working on a laptop or an iPad or another device and the two devices don't always communicate. So uh, let me know if that makes sense to you, Daniel. Are you on a phone? If so, then maybe you're this way and not this way. Um, and it won't always let me connect. So just log out of Facebook, log back in and we'll reconnect. If you're trying to bounce share it through something like BeLive or one of those other tools, Facebook doesn't like it. Why? And we're going to do a little mini lesson why we reset. So Facebook, for all of you people that, you know, try and create and understand social media, Facebook is a business platform. It was not designed for you to be able to share pictures of your kids and your aunts and your uncles. Um, there we go. Um, bring Daniel on camera. Everything they do is designed to grow their business model and assist you in yours. And so when it says, you know, things like this, and we're using their platform, we gotta do it their way, not our way. There you are, my friend. Hey, good, good morning. morning, good morning. Give me a second to set up, I was on my computer, so. Uh, See, was, See? Uh, do, no I, bueno, I, right? I know my audience people. <laughs> that one thing about these entrepreneur people is they're like, oh, I'm just gonna do it a little bit different, or I'm gonna go a little left when everybody goes right, or I'm gonna think out of the box when everybody's still in the box. And I love that, but. Sometimes it, the technology doesn't. So you look great, my friend. You are settled up. Just turn your camera just slightly so we can get the DG perfectly. There we go. There we go. That's what we need. So he has, wear, he has, he has hats, he has shirts, he has books. Um, yeah, there we go. Um, so thank you, my friend, for joining me this morning on Fun Friend Friday. 
Good morning, everybody. I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much. I uh, I actually cut my workout short this morning. I was in a hurry. I said, okay, I got to go. I got to go. And <laughs> okay. it's been raining. It's been raining. I, I was in Austin for about a week uh, last week. And apparently when I was gone, it rained the whole week. And this week it's rained about half the week. So we've had rain probably for the last 10 straight days here in San Antonio. So it's been a uh, it's been pretty. It's been pretty different. It's good. The grass is dead, so we needed the water. <laughs> I, I was gonna say, you know, it's kind of a mixed thing because in Texas you pray for rain, but you have to monitor it because you guys aren't so used to it that you know anything over an inch is considered a flood. Um, and I, I'm a little disappointed after reading your book and meeting your wife in your book. I figured you would just move your whole workout ske workout schedule up an hour. <laughs> well, you know. She's the one that keeps me motivated. Uh, first of all, I want to say good morning to everybody. And Eric, thank you so much for having me on your show. I'm, I'm honored to be here. So let me, I don't want to be rude to talk about me, but thank you for having me. Um, it's a privilege. Uh, so thank you, Mr. Reed. It's, it's a blessing. And uh, so let me start off by saying that and, um, and welcome, me, into, welcome, welcome me, me into your audience. So thank you for that. And uh, my wife, you know, um, she woke up before me. She wakes up at 3.30 because she goes to a fitness <laughs> class on, on Wednesdays and Fridays, you know, and... Uh, Whenever I have a, a excuse, I don't want like today. I, I'm, I've been tired all week with the with the just kind of getting the orders, pre-orders gone, and I've been staying up till eleven and twelve. And I'm I'm usually in bed by nine thirty, ten o'clock. That's my routine because I wake up about four or five. And uh, but she got up this morning at three thirty, and I'm like, what excuse do I have? <laughs> <laughs> I I I certainly hear you. So everybody, while we're still fresh, still new, do me a favor, hit the share button, invite your friends and family and cousins and uncles and aunts and all of the familia into the share for me. I've hit my share button. Take a moment, hit your share button, Daniel, if you already haven't, so that your friends and family can know what you're doing this morning besides sleeping in. <laughs> How do I do that? If you're on the Facebook Live on my page, just hit share and then share it to my page. Not my that. page, but your page. Awesome, awesome. Um, yeah, or you can always okay. do it on the after. So I want to <laughs> dive in because um, I get... Congratulations, number one Amazon new release. Did I get it right? Yes, and actually I woke up this morning, number one bestseller on uh, Christian Youth Ministry. So, <laughs> so you got to love that. Um, to be able to say, I'm going to do this and do it, you know, do it with a little bit of like, what's going to happen? How's it going to happen? What's it going to be received by? And then for Amazon to validate. And by the way, you guys, if you want to push them into number... I think there's an Amazon number one Kindle award. Yes. And your Kindle release is the October 2nd. Do I have October that? 2nd. Yes. Okay. As a matter of fact, I hit, I hit number one on Christian ministry for youth. And it's funny because I guess whoever was number two, they probably called all their friends and told them to buy a hundred, a lot of books because I was, I was number one probably for about, uh, the way it works is, um, you know, you kind of, it goes back and forth, um, by the hour, by the half a day. And I guess when they saw that this this Daniel Gomez kid came by and all of a sudden it was number one, they're like, hey, what happened? And uh, so I noticed I just been going number one, number two, number one, number two. So you, you got to love the fact that there's competition in being the number one author in the Christian youth ministry genre. <laughs> you know, there's, there's, there's a little bit of humor in that. But what I want to tell you, having worked with other authors, other writers that have published through Amazon and self-publishing, do this for Daniel. When you order your copy of the book, whether you buy it in hard copy or you buy it through Kindle, the confirmation, just copy and send it to him because Amazon doesn't always record the number of sales. It doesn't always report it in a, in a real-time manner. And as a new author and as a first-time author and a first-time published author, 
getting those little notices in the mail that somebody physically bought the book when it doesn't show up on Amazon for 30 days kind of keeps hope alive. So um, your Kindle edition is available still at 99, yes, sir. Yeah, as a matter of fact, uh, the official launch date, like you mentioned, was, is October 2nd. And then we're having an autograph party. We're having actually a, a elite leadership conference October 6th, a Saturday from 9 to 12 here in San Antonio. Me and my partner, Wally. And uh, from 12 to 1, we're actually having an autograph celebration. So do so I we're have to have... send mine back to, to get it <laughs> No, come on down. We're going to have, actually, you know, um, talking about Kindle, uh, just to clarify some things out there, most people think, you need a Kindle to buy the ebook version, the Kindle version, and you don't. So no, um, you and <laughs> if you use Amazon, and I think it's on regular and Prime, if you buy the quote Kindle edition, they'll set you up an online reader account for free. That's not it's Kindle Lite, or it's a Kindle version without having the hardware, but having only the technology side. So yes, yes. So for ninety nine cents, commit and I mean buy the book, read the book. But go ahead and get online so that he can be the number one Kindle edition new release author. And you can say, I know a number one author. So on that, there's a couple things. And I do my research and I do my homework. Um, so I was reading up and I read the book yesterday. And yes, I, I, um, I read a lot. This I, I have to wow. say, I have to like <laughs> focus in hard because 100 and some odd pages is a lot for me to kill off in an afternoon. But I did it. Um, loved it. What I love about the way you address the book um, is that you have different chapters with different let words, persistence, courage, faith, but you introduce, introduce us to people in your life that taught you that lesson or affirm that lesson or that modeled that lesson for you. What made you decide to sort of go back and find these people in your memory bank? You know, um, probably like in the beginning of the year, like February, uh, we were here and um, I think it was around the Super Bowl time. We actually were watching the Super Bowl and a friend of mine goes, um, you know what, you're gonna be an author. And I didn't really like, I just kind of like, I can see you writing a book. She made a comment like that and I was just like, whatever, right? But I had gone to the John Maxwell um, retreat in Orlando um, in, in, in March, I think is when it was. <clears throat> and um, you know, you're surrounded by authors speakers and I remember reading a meeting a couple of authors and I was just like wow that would be so cool to do that right I just had I just it, it kind of spoke to me but I was like oh like mm -hmm. I met an author right like it was it was amazing to me I, I had never been in that environment so it was something different so I was excited about it was well, then we ended up having a barbecue when I came back from the John Maxwell um, conference and uh, JMT and she goes you know you're really gonna write a book and I just like it hit me in the heart I was like that's God talking, right? So I just kind of, um, well, as I started my journey, I really had no idea what to do. And as I started writing as my as my um, publisher coach, Darren, um, from 30 Days Self-Publish, he's amazing. He, he, he goes, you know what? This is your game plan. And uh, just start writing one page a day. And as I started writing, it's like um, I just prayed God give me the wisdom because Put it this way, I kind of got discouraged because I started getting bids. And the first bid was like 22000 And I was like, well, there goes that bid. And then I got another bid of 15000 And to make a long story short, Darren worked with me. And it was, it was, it was, those, it was still thousands of dollars, but it was, it was more in my price point. And 
he really coached me along the way. He goes, just kind of let your mind flow and don't worry about what you're writing. Just, just start writing. And as I did that, um, it's like God just reminded me to the Holy Spirit of people in my life. And uh, it just, that's the way it panned out. And um, so the way I started is every chapter, I, the table of contents changed like three or four times, but I just kind of wrote out subjects I wanted to talk about. And then as the subjects came up, it just came back to mind people that were about that. So that's kind of how the people came into play. I know that was a long answer, so forgive me. <laughs> no, no. I, well, and so I, yeah, I'm going to be referencing it, you guys. So he has a chapter, Confidence, uh, Speak Life. Uh, trials lead to triumph, dare to dream, persistence, champions, attitude, seven, um, I'm sorry, chapter seven, help, <laughs> I saw seven, help, um, <laughs> help my unbelief, uh, live to forgive, inspire, win the morning, positive um, dissatisfaction, and you were born to fly. So 12 chapters, 12 people, not going to talk anything like, you know, symbolic about you had 12 people in your life that helped you raise up your story. Um, so, uh, as I was reading through it though, so what he does, and when you buy the book, you'll understand, he'll introduce the word courage or faith or persistence. He'll give us a, a definition or a lesson or like puts it in a bubble that we can see it and then takes it one step further by pulling it out and showing it where it impacted his life, where he learned the lesson, who modeled the lesson for him. And then um, challenges us to think along the same lines of where we're using it, not using it, should be using it, how we could use it in our lives. So I really like that it was, um, you could take each 12 and make it a 12-week learning series. You could take it a 12-day learning series that you could break it down into edible chunks and really use it not just as a cover-to-cover -cover read, but also as a, a journal and as a working point and a jumping point for you growing. It's very much along the 15 laws of growth that you showed us 15 principles in your life that have made you who you are. And so I, I love that idea of the book. Um, and so now I'm going to quiz you on the book. On chapter 35, <laughs> on, on page 35, do you remember what you said? Now he's scanning oh, like, oh my gosh, I, I got an highlight. I, ha I have it right here. I got my copy right here because I figured it was going to come up. Did you sign your copy? Did you sign your copy? <laughs> That's, what's that? Did you sign one for you? No, I signed one for my wife though. <laughs> so, so, and I say this to other people that I know that have published and written, always sign a copy to you with like, great job, so proud of you, Daniel, and then sign your name because there's the inner voice and the outer voice. And when you have that physical book and you sign a copy to yourself, it's connecting that inner voice and the outer voice. and having a tactile thing that you can pull down and go, you know what, Daniel, you can be proud of you. Here's the proof. So take a moment and sign one for yourself. That way, you know, you finish the circle. Yeah, that's, a, that's actually a great idea. So thank you. <laughs> no worries. But yes, on, on, on page 35, it says, all of us have the potential to overcome the setbacks and challenges we encounter. They make us stronger and help us develop our character. The challenges we face aren't what knock us down. It's our lack of understanding the lessons and opportunities behind them. Persistency creates consistency to fulfill a rewarding life. So, and, and so you got yellow highlighted. That's a good thing. Um, I love where you say persistency creates consistency to fulfill a rewarding life. Talk on that because I think so often we either go for persistence 
or are we trying to develop consistency? And I like the way that you put persistence before consistency. You know, just um, being out there training, um, coaching, and just leadership development, most people, um, how can I say, I guess in sales, we talk about sales, right? Because my um, and, and when I do sales training, it don't matter how many skills you have. You can have the best skills. You can have the best personality. You can have, you can have the best negotiation, coding, whatever it may be having to do with sales. But if you, most people fail one time, and when they fail one time, 98% of the people never come back and, and, and try it again. And in life, we fail one time because we lack the persistency to try again and try again and try again. And like in sales, the, in sales, before you get a yes, you're going to go through nine, yo, nine no's. But most people, they go to that one no, they quit. They go to the two no's, they quit. They go to the three no's, they quit. And on the fourth no, they fail to follow up with the prospect. And they just quit altogether. They throw away the prospects' leads. But you got to remember, if, whether it's social media, whether it's um, following up with the customer when you're doing business to business, the first visit is just to leave an, just to introduce yourself. The second one, they kind of know who you are. And the third one, you start leaving a little bit of an impression of who you are or your brand or what you're offering. But most people don't even make it. I would say 90% of the people don't even make it past the third no. So you got to be persistent within knowing that it's, it's like the seed that germinates, right? You have the soil here, you plant the seed here, where the seed starts to grow, and you're right here at the, at the fourth node, and if you would just keep going to the eighth node, you would pop up above the soil. But you quit here because you're not persistent. But just the way God created a seed to push through the dirt, he didn't make it easy because that's what makes it stronger. Most people, the persistence stops right here, and they never really see what's above the soil line so, and they lack the persistence. So I love, I love, and what I respect about you is you are not ashamed to be a salesperson. No. And so I many mean, of us <laughs> in this creative entrepreneur, self-development world, sort of like, oh, salespeople, bad people, bad people, keep <laughs> away that, you know, they're nothing but slimy salespeople or, you know, they're just trying to sell you ice and you live in a, you're in an Eskimo. And, you know, I, I hate when somebody's like, yeah, he's such a great salesman. He could sell you water in the middle of the ocean. And it's like, no, that's not what the art of selling is. That's what a con artist is, not a salesperson. Tell me how you keep the creative guy in check so that the sales guy can succeed. It's easy. You just sell from the heart. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll sum it up. I'll sum it up in, in two phrases to be a successful salesperson. I'll never forget. I went and saw Brian Tracy almost 20 years ago. I saw Brian Tracy and um, I, I remember what he said like yesterday. He goes, the most successful salespeople, 99% of them are nice. Simple. They're nice. And um, I think being nice goes a long way. I think being nice is undervalued. And the second one is um, when you sell from your heart, you transfer selling. This is my favorite quote when I train and sell this. Selling is a transfer of trust. You transfer your trust to the customer because you're not selling them. You're, you're building trust with them. And in, in return, you're finding out what their needs are, what their wants are. But most people go into sales meetings trying to pitch something and you don't pitch it. 
you got to connect with those people. You got to, when you walk into an office, look at like you, I, I see behind you, you have three pictures right away, right? I see that. I don't know what they say, but <laughs> I notice stuff like that. So when you walk into somebody's office of your business to business, it's like, look at what pictures they have. Look at if they have a picture of golf. Look at the kids, ask questions. As you're talking to your prospect or to your potential client, um, write down the children's names on a notepad. Be like a doctor, right? I, one thing I always learned from mom, one of my great mentors, Mr. Domingo Vado, I ran his Chevrolet dealership for many years. And um, he's like a father figure to me. He always, he always says, you're like a surgeon, right? Uh, you're like a surgeon and, and the surgeon always goes back and practices his techniques. That's why he's a doctor. That's why he's a surgeon. He's a pro. And being a self-professional, you're a surgeon. You got to see yourself as a professional. And I think that's where most account executives, sales professionals, well, not even salespeople fail because they don't see themselves as sales professionals. Like you said, they hide, they hide because they're like, I'm not a salesperson. I don't, I'm embarrassed of it. I'm like, Hey, I, well, like, you know what, what, I, what, I, what I, I love sales and I work with sales and I coach salespeople and primarily realtors and they all have that same. I'm not a salesperson. There's a couple things I want to to replay, rewind for everybody that you said. It's a transfer of trust. And I you can't trust me until I know you or until you think that I know you. And the only way I can get to know you is to ask questions. And so when the sales process starts with a question instead of a demand or a command, like you got to buy this before midnight tonight, <laughs> you're like, you don't even know if I'm going to be alive at midnight tonight. Why don't you get to know me? As you said, the transfer of trust, I trust the product and I trust that I will only give the product to the person that it fits. So let me go and figure out if you're the person that this belongs to, because I don't want to give you something that doesn't fit because that discredits my product that discredits my service that discredits my trust for the person that it's supposed to fit exactly well i, I you know what one, one thing that i always um when you go to meet somebody you know just ask talk about them for the first 10 15 minutes don't even talk about you don't talk about the product find out what's going on in their life because a lot of times you'd be surprised everybody's going through stuff every day and, and it goes back to, um, I always teach, I always teach on the inverted triangle, right? So the inverted triangle is like this. So the top um, 15 to 20 minutes of your, of your encounter should be building rapport. But most people, they, they teach on the regular triangle, which is the top point, they build rapport in two minutes and then they want to sell your product. And you can't do it that way. So a good example is, when it's the holidays, right? What say it's Thanksgiving, Christmas is coming up. What's the first thing everybody does? Hey, how you been, Mr. Reed? Catching up with you, Eric? How's things going? Four. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, wrong dealership. Same word. <laughs> yeah, well, you just you just catch up and you just kind of just you know how you been? We missed you. How are the kids doing? That's what you do during the holidays with your family you haven't seen. So why not take that same approach as an account executive when you're going into the business, whatever? whether it's real estate, no matter what it may be, just build that rapport with them. And most people, they're, they're, that's the one bad thing about society nowadays is they want everything microwave and it, you can't do it. You can't have instant gratification in sales. You got to build that trust. You got to build, first of all, connection and you got to sell from your heart. And I want to 
before people start like, oh, I'm not in sales, I don't do that, I'm a nonprofit, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. Every moment of your day, you are selling something. This, your heart, your purpose, your passion, your book, your widget, your wadget, your drink. We are always, my, my I mean, you've got kids. I'm finally getting past the sales point. You know, my kids are now eight and nine. They're less sale it, selling and more demanding. Um, but even they know that they've got to sell me an idea. And so if you're thinking, well, I don't need to learn to sell, wrong. Anything that you have a value inside, if you want to build a legacy, create transformation, make an impact in the world, you got to be able to sell that. And I think one of the things that you said was, you got to go back and study. You got to go back and rehearse your techniques. You got to go back and follow your formula, that those principles. And so often I see people that are creative, dream builders, you know, kind of thing will be like, well, I just got to go back and recreate my product, my pitch, my thing. And it's like, no, you haven't done it enough to figure out if it's the product or the process. Stay with the process because the process is easier to tweak than the entire product is. That's right. Well, it, 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 what comes to mind when you said that, right? Just the best, the best salespeople in the world. Everybody has them in their house. Can you guess what it is? <laughs> my my, my four-year-old was. <laughs> exactly right. Just think about this. Down here in San Antonio, our, our big grocery chain that we have is HEB. So. It never, it never surprised me when, that, when we go to HEB and I go grocery shopping with my wife and we're there and we're, we're in the checkout line and these parents are getting sold every day. How does they get sold? The kids reach over, they get a candy bar, they get a bubble gum, they, they, they hold on to that. And then when they get to the checkout line, they're like, no, put it back. And the kid goes, no, I want it. And what do they do? They cry a little bit. They closed them. <laughs> yeah, my, my, my kids are phenomenal salespeople. I think they listen outside my <laughs> office because like my daughter always starts with, you're such a sweet boy. And I'm like, okay, within the next five minutes, there's going to be a one. She like, like warms up. My son always says like, I want you to be happy. And would it make you happier if I bought the Ninjago Legos or the Marvel comic Legos? I'm like, neither would make me happy. But I like that the fact that you included me. And I think you're so right that when we're doing sales and we're doing sales right, it's about building trust and about making sure that when we leave the process, the other person feels elevated, not our number on the board. Yeah. And I, I think the main thing is just, um, but I'm going to, I'm going to go back to another main reason though is, um, most people don't have the confidence within themselves. And that's the key to I know we have why they don't succeed. That. Yes. Number chapter number and, one. Um, I'm going to tell you that whether I train on leadership, whether I train on sales, or whether I do um, confidence coaching, uh, the thing that holds people back is the value they see within themselves. Because if they don't believe in themselves, if they don't love themselves, if they don't trust themselves, they can't portray that and that's that's one of the main ingredients you need in not just in sales but in life is most people undervalue themselves that's why you, that that's what god put in my heart to go out there and and tell the world right don't undervalue who you are because you've already been approved by god and most people don't value themselves the way they should so they don't know how to sell themselves because they don't value themselves
And and that's the reason. Yeah, and I that was chapter one in the book, you guys. See, um, I'm I'm starting to memorize it. <laughs> I, and I was a horrible student. I couldn't. It would have taken me two months to read this book when I was in high school. So, <laughs> yeah, I thank you, God, for I was the other night feeling like I had to. Um, anyhow, I love the idea of confidence, and it's interesting because my background is in sales, but a strong focus in real estate. When I first began. We have a listing presentation in the real estate world. And it's like all about the sign and the lockbox and the company and the wet. Like literally my first listing presentation looked this big. <laughs> I felt that I had to read it from cover to cover with the client sitting across from me. I remember them nodding off halfway, but I kept going because I had to finish. <laughs> now, if I went on the same appointment, I would ask, what is it you need from me? And let me evaluate if I can do it. How did I gain the confidence? Not by reading the sales process 600 times before my first one, but by failing like 589 times. And then getting the one yes and be like, okay, it does work. I just not doing it enough. Exactly. And so I think for so many people that, that, that are watching this and that are gonna be impacted by this and by your book, I think you really do tell that story a lot in the book about you failing and then having to go find. You know, I was really, I thought I was great at this and then somebody pointed that out. Or I thought I had enough faith and then there was a dark moment that really questioned it. Um, and I think your wife is a wonderful example of failing and finding and then moving forward again. So what is the thing that you tell yourself up here when you're, when you're in, and we all know that, especially in sales, like, okay, I just need to hit the rip cord and jump because we're bombing here. Like this, I am like so far off in the woods, not making this thing happen. How do you get yourself either back in it or out of it with confidence? You know, me and my son, uh, we share a special bonds since he was a little kid. Up the street, he lives his, his elementary. Well, not well. Their old elementary school is about a mile up the up the road. And uh, my favorite quote is from Napoleon Hill: a, "A a quitter never wins, and a winner never quits." And he couldn't ride his bike up this hill um, when he was in in preschool and in kindergarten. And then he would come home and complain about it. I said, "Jay, come here." I call him Jay. His name's Julian. I said, "Son, always remember this." You might not ride up that hill that day, today, but you will someday. So remember, a quitter never a quitter never wins, and a winner never quits. And I never forget. He came home crying one day, and I was like, "What's wrong? What happened?" He's like, "Oh, he was just excited because he made it up the hill on his bike." And uh, that's a, what you know. When whenever you tell yourself a quote and you have emotions attached to it, it sticks in your subconscious mind, and you know, um, to this day that quote lives with me in my heart and when i started this business um my son guess what he was telling me dad a quitter never wins and a winner never quits because there's a time you know believe me no matter what how much action you take and you fail like you said there's a there's that checkpoint of am i going to do this or am i going to not do this and uh i had mine probably i've been i've been doing this full time now since uh like probably January 22nd. So four months into it, I had my gut, not my, it was my do or die moment. I had accounts, I had business, but 
it was just that that limiting belief I had within myself. And my son goes, Dad, I believe in you. Remember what you always told me. And, you know, he just, he has, he has a way of talking to me. And you told me that, Dad. And I was like, I know that, son. So that's what carries me is my son, my wife, and my kids. My kid's nine, so hopefully we'll stick together until he's old enough to give me one of those lessons. Though, though he's getting, I, I, I see it as a dad. Um, I see him starting to like internalize things. And uh, so we do a walk every night, 30 minutes-ish. Just, he needs, he needs separation from the family. It's just his nature. And so we walk, and the other day, and I'm trying to like walk to get fit and he's riding his skateboard thing. So like there's no effort <laughs> on his part. And he said, I'm going to start to coach you. Okay. I was like, Oh, this will be interesting. <laughs> so, you know, he, he's like, you can't give up. If you give up, then I get to give up. And I was like, Oh man, you are making it hard on the dude. <laughs> <laughs> and now, and, you know, so he, and now I have to pay him for his coaching, by the way. Um, I'm glad his economic expectations are pretty small though. But I think what you said about your son really reflects throughout the book that you've intentionally tapped into other people. And you've tapped into your wife when she gets up at 3.30 in the morning as accountability partner. You tapped in to your son to remember that I'm the one that sets the standard and what do I want my son to become? I need to make sure that I don't lower the standard because then he gets permission to You've met um, so many wonderful people in the 12 chapters and introduced them as people that you either say, you know what, this person brought me up or taught me where I needed to grow into. Um, people are very important in your story and in your legacy. What is it that you want your, if, if I in five, 10 years from now included you in my book as one of the people or one of the 12 chapters, what would the lesson that you hope to pass forward be? My lesson would be that you never, you never know what you can accomplish until you take the first step. And you're more, you're stronger than what you believe. Most people undervalue their strength and what they have inside their potential. And um, everyone has a limitless potential, uh, their potential is limitless. They just don't realize it. So I would want my legacy to be that, you know, when Daniel came around, he helped me see that there was a next level in my life that I am valuable. So this is my mission, to bring value to the valueless, to give hope to the hopeless, and to breathe life into the lifeless. So if I can add value, if I can breathe life, and if I can bring hope to somebody, then my mission was done, my legacy has been complete. Just boom, dropped in my... <laughs> I, I, I wish this wasn't live because this is the part where I'd sit back and at the table and push my plate away and just be like, huh. <laughs> well, I mean, and, and the reason I say um, bring life to the lifeless is, and I'll, 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 I'll talk about that part of our mission is because most salespeople, most leaders, most people in general, they don't succeed because their whole life, they've been living in a shell in a life that's not theirs. So that's why I say they're lifeless. They go to a job they hate or they stay at a company because 
their mom told them that you need to be at this job for 30 years and retire. Their dad told them, well, why do you want to take a chance when you shouldn't take a chance? And uh, they're, they're living a life that they don't want to live. So they're lifeless. It's like, you know, and then they spend their whole life, like John Maxwell says, right? You spend your whole life going up the corporate ladder. And then you get to the top of the ladder. You got the big house. You got the big car. You got the Mercedes, whatever it is. And guess what? You're on the wrong building. Yes. I, 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 amen. Yeah. Um, that's really when people ask me, what is success life? Why success life? It's not about becoming quote successful. It's about living life successfully. And that requires that we live it fully and in into our life and not just into some kind of blueprint that somebody else designed. Um, so much so you guys <laughs> this is the buy the book part um and it's on sale through kindle edition on amazon for 99 cents but truthfully um i can't do kindle because if you look at your book there's a bunch of yellow spots in it and then there's a bunch of um act act train learn um or act, act change teach and so i have to have it this way, even though don't write me and say, you can do that with Kindle. You use a highlight. <laughs> I like going in a place by myself and with a friend and, and sitting down and getting to know them that way. So the technology let me ask gets you a question. Let, let me ask you a question. Um, how do you like the reflection checkpoint? How, I, do, how do you like the reflection checkpoint? I like them. Uh, to be honest, um, I didn't do them yesterday. So for those that haven't got, read the book yet, so at the end, they have reflection checkpoints and he asks questions that are related to the chapter, like what are you most grateful for? Do you practice gratitude daily? I really like them. I didn't honor the questions by doing them because again, I was the second time through, I'm probably gonna go through and do one of those um, checkpoints either as a day or a couple day reflection because I think the questions are very well written and very important but again because it came Thank yesterday <laughs> at three o'clock in the mail and i knew we were meeting this morning had i started them i probably would still be on reflection checkpoint number one. <laughs> so i didn't i didn't honor the questions i say that with integrity but that's okay you know but I, but, but, I, but, I but, but at least the feedback day. was good <laughs> um so this is the fun friend friday fun card part. So for those of you who are watching for the first time that don't know what Fun Friend Friday cards are all about, inside each one of these magical little envelopes is a word, kind of like Daniel's book. I'm going to move my... No. Sorry, I was going to move this over here so I could at least... I'm, just, I'm looking away real quick because I'm sharing it. Um, now that we're both... Go ahead. Keep sharing. Keep paper, sharing. So. Um, everybody take a minute and share it out if you already have having because this is instructional point and Joseph doesn't have to type words of wisdom right now because we love Joe for his wisdom dissemination filtration thing. So inside each of the envelopes is a word much like Daniel's book, like legacy, like consistency, like growth, like influence, like intentionality, like the law of trade-offs is listed inside each of these envelopes. I'm going to ask Daniel in a minute to pick an envelope and then he's going to teach on it for like, you know, three to five minute minute with Maxwell. But since we're not as good, we have to go a little longer <laughs> um, and uh, just pour into it. So 